0: hello beautifuls welcome to her sexual space a podcast where we create a sex positive space to engage in empowering discussions for building relational and sexual awareness i am your host janice this week has been an incredible week of just making it right. Some weeks are like that. Uh, Husband's been out of town, weaning off the baby. It's just been (laughs) a lot this week, but I'm reminded that I can do hard things. So I'm rolling with it. (laughs) So this week, our guest is Raylene Bass. Uh, Raylene is a licensed professional counselor and a nationally certified counselor. She holds a bachelor's degree in sociology from Georgia State University and a master's degree in clinical mental health counseling from Mercer University. She believes that sometimes it's important to receive additional support to help get through tough experiences and difficult times. She thinks that it is crucial to focus on working together in an open-minded, collaborative environment with the hope of increasing one's aspirations and solving their problems. She has experience in helping clients who deal with stress, relationship issues, family problems, divorce recovery, and other emotionally taxing experiences. The environment in which she works with clients is a relaxed, safe space for one to freely laugh, cry, express anger, and other emotions. She works to help her clients create a balanced life through effective mindfulness techniques and various other innovative outlets. Her goal is to provide enriched experiences using awareness techniques, working to strengthen skills, develop problem solving strategies, enhance self expression, and increase emotional awareness. Let her work with you or someone you know (laughs) to help you live your best life, the life you desire, and to the fullest of capacities. Welcome to the podcast, Raylene. Hey, thank you so much
1: Janice. How are you?
0: I'm doing well. I'm just so glad that we're able to get you on here. <laughs> um I I um I posted recently uh, after doing some research about breakups. Um you know, I know breakups uh they have trends, right? Oh. I wasn't even aware that February was uh When it peaks and then it reaches its highest, (laughs) highest point in March. And then again, we see that around November, December. Mm -hmm. I wonder, do you, do you see a lot of that in your work?
1: (laughs) Oh my goodness. And it's not just relationships, it's individuals too. You know, it's that time of the year. People are cold and sometimes lonely, especially during COVID. 2020 was very pronounced for a lot of us, for sure.
0: It was, Yeah. Anyway, we're going to get into all of it. (laughs) So, Raylene, tell us a little about you, your identity, how you identify yourself in the world.
1: Yes, um, I am a female. I think we are queens. I'm a woman, so I identify as the pronouns she and her. Mm -hmm. I am a heterosexual woman and I believe in LGBTQA. I believe in love. I believe in... All of that great stuff, but I personally identify as heterosexual.
0: Yeah. Relationship style?
1: Yes, heterosexual and married. Um nice. In the process of just like actually thinking about my marriage though, you know, in the context of, you know, we're going to go into it, but yes, <laughs> that's where I am right now. It's just nice. relationship dynamics change.
0: They sure. do. Oh, yes, they do. And we just have to... Keep uh, working at it, right? Keep working at it and figuring yes. out what we want relationships <laughs> and our relationships mm-hmm. to look like. Because they're not going to look like grandpa and grandmas. Uh, they're no, not. <laughs>
1: no, hello. You know, right? And our parents and our, our ancestors, and they believe that it's the same. And it's like, wait a minute. But I just, I didn't, even, you just had a
0: baby. Congratulations. <laughs> oh my God. I, yes, I did. <laughs> Congratulations. Thank you. It's well. It's um. It's two years now, so I know I talk about weaning like it's a newborn, but no. uh, it's two years now. We've been doing it for a while. I'm like, i, I need my incredible. energy back. <laughs> I know yes. you're tired. I don't know how you do. I oh, commend you. Commend you. I need to reclaim my boobs, my <laughs> yes. time, my body. Give me my body yes. back. Thank you so much. Right?
1: Right? Like, give us free. Yes. <laughs>
0: Yes, you know where it is. And I know. I'm, I'm grateful because it has yes. done wonders for my body, but I think it's time.
1: <laughs> oh, you're incredible! See, you're a queen, a goddess. <laughs> we do.
0: We do. I can carry give you away. milk
1: for years. Are you kidding? That's awesome.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, you know, tell us how you got to where you are right now. So, you're a licensed professional counselor. It, it seems like you specialize a lot in um, relationships and you know self development and all of that. Um, just tell me, how did you get to this point? How did you decide this was going to be your niche? I'm always fascinated about how people you know get to that point. <laughs>
1: yes, absolutely. I am with you there. I started in the field about ten years ago, and you know I've been practicing for a while independently now. And I started in the psych hospitals and oh, nice. that's where most of my training came from. Um, so seven years in the psych hospital and I was just immersed in the DSM. I mean, working in that type of environment and in that intense environment, I was on the high risk unit. OK, yeah. um, so a lot of my background is just really looking at the clinical side of the brain and like how we can be vastly different and how we can communicate different and perceive things different. And working with so many different people from different walks of life and different hierarchies and classes, even, you know, when it comes to substance use and doctors and lawyers and down to your homeless man that's, you know, needing a meal and just has some really serious, hard issues. And so having that background, I think, pulled me into where I am now in private practice and currently I'm here in Atlanta in private practice and I am doing telehealth sessions but I still have that vast kind of mindset when it comes to working with people so lately in the past literally probably three years or so I've been thinking about sex as it relates to the human experience and in our existence Mm -hmm. Um, so I do need to just kind of pull that in because that's something I left out in my bio, right? It's something that is so started to attract me maybe two years ago. And so now in the space of just changing direction a little bit, I still work with couples, but I've learned through working with couples, sometimes it's about our connection. Mm-hmm. And as you know, in your field, you're in the you're a clinician too. Our field, <laughs> yes. right? It's just, how do we communicate? So that's where I that's where I am now. I'm in the space of just Let's do some yoga. Let's move our body. But let's also talk about sexual energy. And so yes. now I'm getting certified. I'm in the process of getting certified as a sex therapist. And it's intense. It's a lot of hours. Oh
0: yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm on that journey too. I have a lot of tests. Three yes. or four okay. months to go.
1: <laughs> so it's amazing though. It's it's really been incredible. So yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: Lovely. So you know. I wonder how has your own, uh, your own experiences with breakups, did that kind of, did that help you with, with the way you've approached um, divorce recovery and breakups and all that? Oh, Janice,
1: (laughs) Janice, you know, you know, when you reached out to me and you said, look, I just, I said, she feels my energy. I think she feels my energy because Yes, I think a part of us as women, as as women of different walks of life and different experiences, but we all have that, you know, commonality, I think, at the end of the day when it comes to relationships and love and uh, absolutely all of my experiences have... Shaped the clinician that I am now. And I think it's only allowed me to have a deeper connection with clients. And it's not just mm-hmm. textbook. It's not something I'm reading to you to tell you about life. It's not something that I'm just, you know, studying. This is something that I study in addition to what I innately have experienced as a human. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think we as humans, we forget that context of us, right? Just the mammal in us, just being human Animals and yeah, yeah, those definitely <laughs> shape who we are. And I would hope that it would make me a better clinician, only of
0: course. right? I, yeah, I think yeah. you know, all of our experiences really shape who we are in, in that session, sitting across that couch. Um, and as I was preparing for this episode, I was starting to think of my own breakups and. And how they went and man, what I would redo and undo. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I wonder, like, do you have these stories or so as you maybe reflect? <laughs> yes,
1: you know it. Yes, yes. It's it's so interesting, right? When we look back at our lives and I think this is a wonderful time in our lives where we can look back, right? We're kind of in that not, you know not quite there where our parents are, but we're just not as young either. We're not in our twenties and just like (laughs) trying to figure out which man, you know, and which husband, all the things, which family, which education, like which degree, just really trying to figure out life. Right. But it's like, wait a minute. (laughs) You know, at the same time. How day. did I get here? Yeah. Like, <laughs> exactly.
0: Yeah. And then you realize it's a sum of all of those decisions, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just love reflecting and going back to when I made that single decision <sighs> that landed me here.
1: Yeah. Yes. Oh, my gosh. And it can be eye-opening, right?
0: Yeah, it is. And for that reason, I love journaling. (laughs) Because it gives me that opportunity to really just dive into my memories and feel, you know, what was happening in that moment and, and just that shift, experiencing that shift.
1: And it's so impactful. Do you talk to your clients about that? Because sometimes I feel like we give information and we talk about things like journaling and those coping skills that really work for your spirit. And sometimes we don't always see people do the work does that make sense yeah. mm-hmm. no, just, yeah. do you have you had that experience too so
0: i i talk with them about it and honestly i if i notice it's not their thing i recommend maybe something else bullet journaling like just dump whatever words that are coming up for you you mm-hmm. already know what mm-hmm. stories attach to the word just dump the words down on paper mm-hmm. um but i i am not shy Um, about this closing (laughs) in session. So I do let them know how this has helped me, how this has worked for me and continues to to work for me. So I do share my own experiences with hopes that they can connect, you know, with, with the experience. So I wonder in your work, do you talk a lot about grief, the grief that comes up from breakups?
1: I work with couples who are in the process of figuring that out and how they're navigating. It's usually couples therapy, if, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. You know, like how do we yeah. navigate communication? How do we be vulnerable with each other again if we've been together, you know, 19 years? How do we date each other again? So my breakup recovery kind of stuff has almost shifted um, because couples have learned, like literally, I don't know if it was before the pandemic. I, I was doing some research on it a couple of weeks back where they were looking at couples and how the shift from divorce rate has changed. And now it's lessened, which is great, you know? So I still work with couples on breakup and recovery and how to get through that. And it's about finding themselves. And so we do a lot of self-work and mirror work. Um, It just depends on what that person is needing and where they are.
0: Yeah. Are there any theories that you use to, to help you get there with them?
1: Oh, my gosh. Yes. I love I love theories, but I also think life is the best theory. So, yeah, <laughs> um, I definitely practice gestalt. Right. And person centered. Okay. I think I, I'm not one of those clinicians that go back and like pull from a lot of your childhood stuff unless that's where that person wants to go unless that's where they are ready to go unless that's what they're ready to explore
0: yes um, i feel so you know, conflicted some... there in a lot of yeah. my sessions
1: <laughs> yeah and when they're ready they'll let you know and and sometimes if they're If you're really doing the work, and I talked to them in the beginning about that, they can see that they need to go there. And then, you know, you just allow them that rapport, I think, is the biggest thing first. Right. You know that. Right. And then they just they'll go there because they need it. It's cathartic.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love your approach. And I often, like I said, I feel so conflicted because I see things come up and I know it started somewhere. It started Mm -hmm. somewhere. And Mm -hmm. I'm just so excited, I guess, to want to dive in. Like, let's talk about what, you know, the first time you felt that, you know, the first time you experienced that. Um, And it's exciting because I like watching them connected connect the oh. pieces
1: <laughs> yeah that's the most impactful part huh yes. Ah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah yes and they their faces you can see the like this mm-hmm. shift um yeah
0: <laughs> love it so what do you consider to be a healthy breakup so I've like I said I was reflecting prior to our talk and um I'm like have I really had a healthy breakup Mm -hmm. And I couldn't I couldn't really pinpoint that, you know, and and I wonder for you, what would you describe as a healthy breakup?
1: Oh, a healthy breakup. I look at things and um, it's multifaceted. Right. I think that whatever that individual, wherever they are, so. Some people just have a tough, tough time in their relationships mentally, emotionally, physically, financially, whatever that is for them and saying, okay, what, what is your norm? Where are you safe? Where do you feel good? Right. Mm -hmm. And whatever space that is, that is where you want to be. I I would hope. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's healthy when that person can say, OK, this is what I need for me to to be safe, to be in a good space
0: mm-hmm.
1: and not just floating through life, not really being conscious. So a healthy breakup, I think, is when people decide they're doing something that they need for their health, whether that's physical health, mental health, spiritual health, and following that direction you know, that's healthy and couples, they are often conflicted. I've seen couples say, I don't know if this is good for me, but I also don't want to break up because it's been so long and we have two kids and we have, we have a, fa- a family, you know, and it's hard, right? Yeah. Um, and it's about sitting with those couples and saying, what do you need for your health and for the health of your family, for the health of your life? If that's staying together and working on those skills, communicating. Right, giving him a blowjob if he wants a blowjob in the morning, like the smallest <laughs> things. And I'm so sorry. Yes, you know, like no, candy, right? oh no. That's- but just like <laughs> if he wants a blowjob in the morning and eggs and bacon or whatever it is he eats, if he eats tomatoes and you know, we're just gonna have a good time. Um, and yeah. that's what that couple is there to do. And they say, you know what? I needed that. You know, I just need to know where I am. I've had couples stay together after therapy. And then I've had couples say cordially and just, you know, make a decision when they are together. Like, I wish them the best. I'm going to support them. I'm always there for them. But this is not for me. I think that takes strength.
0: It does. It does.
1: Yeah. 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 So I think that's healthy. What do you think?
0: I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, all the answers. <laughs> I, I, no, I think that's healthy. And in yeah. my mind, um, I'm just thinking, you know, definitely expressing, you know, like you said, what is your norm? I love that. So I feel like my energy is just not where I need it to be, mm-hmm. you know, and I think a sign of we're not functioning our best is if if that energy is off and you you're just not excelling in the things that you want to do you're not um, pursuing the dreams and the passions that you once had and being honest with yourself I think sometimes we we stick in that space Mm. and um it's hard to get to the other side because either one person wants to communicate and the other person doesn't Mm um or one person wants to go to counseling and the other person doesn't (laughs) so many factors and I think uh we have to find what our norm is what we what helps us operate at our best and um take it from there yes you know and don't be nasty about it you know be honest like hey like you know we we used to be so great for each other but something has shifted you know and and I think it might be good for us to maybe explore explore different paths see what else is out there for us.
1: My history, couples struggle with that really, really struggle with saying, you know, this is where we are. Even my husband and I, you know, even contemplating separation, it's like, is this where we are? Is this what we want, you know, out of life? Um, and we were together at a different phase of our lives. We were 23 and 24, you know, just like fresh out of college and
0: mm-hmm.
1: not even experiencing the world. <laughs> 23 yeah. and You know, we got married and all the things and had the kids and now my sons, I have two boys and they are nine and eight and trying to figure out, okay, is this for us? Do we want this? Are we better together? Thankfully, I was able to kind of really work in my career and try to figure out, you know, some things I wanted to do personally and some goals I had. And sometimes you just have to ask those questions, I think. You know those hard questions is this what you want in life is is this a good space for you and that's healthy <laughs> right yeah. mm-hmm. when you can you can question that and then make a good decision and both be cordial about it because you're both mature we're we're adults we're not 14 mm-hmm. anymore right
0: yeah. And I haven't always been Matteo, I'm going to say oh, that. Yes. So me, <laughs> with my breakups back in my my 20s, uh, it usually went really really left. <laughs> and most of them were because of geographical reasons, you know. I was over here, he was over there. We were just not vibing like we used to. Um, mm-hmm. One person moved to another state and it it just it just couldn't it just couldn't work we're in two oh. different spaces yes um, and i think acknowledging that
1: mm is it different now though because now you're married and you have your you have how just one child
0: i have two i have <laughs> a 11 year old and oh. i have a 2 year old um, yeah, we've been married for eight years now and we've figured out what works for our system. Yes. <laughs> and, um, that's where we're at. Just, just going, going with what works for us.
1: That's healthy. Yes. Yeah. So it's about that couple finding out what is best for them. Yeah, And, and it takes a lot of,
0: yeah, it takes a lot of talking. Like, what would you want this to look like? Oh, mm-hmm. what privileges or what things that you you still want or you still need right now to help you feel whole and acknowledging that I'm not always going to be able to fulfill all of those needs. And, um, Ooh, that, yeah
1: this wait a yeah. minute. That's, it. <laughs> That's a big yeah. one. What does that even mean? Yeah. Because I think, that, right.
0: Yes. Cause we come in with the defaults. Like <laughs> this is what it should be. And then I think that our anxiety and depression shows up when we're, <sighs> we're not vibing with that. Right. That's, this is maybe not for me. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. But in our cultures,
1: right? Like you don't get married and you're going to get a divorce, especially your culture. I can't even imagine Mm -hmm. you don't get a divorce. Like that's not something you do. And Mm -hmm. I don't know. Is that, has that changed even for your culture or because you know how (sighs) it is in
0: America. Yeah. I think it's, it's pretty much the same, but uh, you know, if I am an advocate for, if it needs to end, it needs to end. mm, Um, I don't think it's the end of your life. Um, I, I, I love hearing people's success stories after getting a divorce. Oh I love when they can still maintain that friendship and they've mm. moved on and they have a new spouse. Oh. I live for those stories. And oh, like, yes. Yes. <laughs> you can love again. You can <laughs> love again.
1: You can love again. And you know what? That is okay. Yes. Is okay. <laughs> and I'm not embarrassed to talk about that. Like you said, you you resonated with me. I can already tell. I was like, man, Janice is an amazing clinician because I know what you give off to people. And I hope I cannot wait to people just because that is where you are. You're like, I share a little bit of me. That doesn't happen often in our field. And I Hell commend yeah. you for that because I do too. You know, you can get through breakups, it happens. It happens. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And I love that you create a safe space for it because we feel a lot of conflicting feelings. Some people might feel relief and still there is that fear of, Mm. oh my goodness, I'm going back out there on my own. Mm. I'm going to live on my own. I have to start from scratch. And even that too, I feel like is exciting because you're finding yourself, you know, there's so much excitement there too. And I think sometimes it's overshadowed by, you know, the pain you know, and then I think that is temporary, you know, we, we get over that. Right. Right. Yeah, we move past it. So I wonder what percentage of persons do you feel like give up too quickly versus people who overstay in relationships? <laughs> oh, buddy.
1: Yeah. I was looking at that and I was thinking, wow, you know, there's no, I didn't, I haven't read or even heard of any statistical data right now looking at the percentage of people who go versus stay. Of course, we have the narrative that 50% of divorce rates fail, but it's very ambiguous. So it's not as statistically correct. Um, So it's really, nobody really knows. Um, And partly because a lot of people are what? Shameful? Scared? Scared? apprehensive. They live in this trepidation as if nothing like you mentioned, right? I can't find love again. Nobody will love me. Um, I'm not good enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not beautiful. I'm not thin enough. My breasts aren't round. He doesn't like me. Whatever the thing is yes. they that we get into our heads about and you just have to say, wait a minute. So I was looking at that and I'm thinking, we have to do more work. Because people aren't, we are not really. How do you analyze that data? So I notice in my practice, though, more people are staying. I don't know if it's the work we do, but it's working, and it works if you work it. That's with anything, mm-hmm. you know.
0: Yeah, so that's beautiful.
1: I would say a little bit of both, half a little mm-hmm. bit over that uh, in my practice are staying more statistically.
0: And I wonder if they're staying because they feel like they have more options. So you can be non-monogamous. Mm-hmm. You can in- introduce um, maybe threesomes. You can introduce... So there's so many things you could introduce to meet some of the needs. So I wonder if that could be a factor that is playing into some of the their reasons people decide to stay.
1: right. That makes so much sense now,
0: right? That'd be interesting to look at.
1: That really would be because relationships have changed so much in the past Mm -hmm. century, right? Because people are more open. People are more um, vulnerable. Um, Maybe it's because of our society and the shift in the millennials versus, I don't know. (laughs) Oh Um, yeah,
0: there's suddenly a shift. And um I think it's, it's a beautiful shift.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think
0: it's helping us.
1: Mm -hmm. I think so too. Yeah. And we only hope that it continues.
0: Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I, I really hope so. Yeah. So how do you think affective forecasting and fantasy show up in relationships? And I wonder in the work you do, do you often see persons who came into their relationships with um, certain ideals and then realizing, you know, cause that first year of marriage will really test you <laughs> and not people make, not a lot of people make it past those first few years.
1: <laughs> yes. Right. I think, I so think, <laughs> Well, it was kind of like a twofold, right? Because you said the first part was, how do they manage those fantasies?
0: Yeah, like affective forecasting. So they imagine that the relationship is going to look like this. This. and Everything will just be rainbows and butterflies. And you get to that part and no rainbows in sight. Where
1: are they, right? (laughs) Is that... that part of the brain where we first meet people and Mm -hmm. we get that animal part the biology kicks in we get serotonin and dopamine and all the wonderful hormones that tell us this is the person you want to be with look at them you know see me see me and that wears off after a while because your brain starts to mature together and you start to change and oh my gosh (laughs) that's when it gets real yeah Yeah, after that second year in the relationship cycle, it's usually a shift, and that's when I see couples the most. Actually, between their second and third year, Mm -hmm. in that shift. Yeah.
0: (laughs) So I I think that's probably actually when we started counseling too. That's really see Mm
1: -hmm. Uh Uh, us too. No, I think well, hmm, we were together so long, or are look are. I'm speaking already as if. But it's been a really, really good transition, you know, just to kind of say, okay, maybe I do like to be separated before getting a divorce. I think that's a good step for people if they're interested in divorce, if they're interested in transitioning or breaking up, just try a period of just like distance, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, So I do. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I love that. That's, That's good insight there. So how do you discuss sex after breakups? So I have gotten inquiries um, about that because that seems to be, there seems to be a lot of blurred lines there, but I've also seen that there have been research on, you know, what that, you know, what that looks like, right? After a breakup. From your experience and your work, I wonder, what are your recommendations and maybe what do you actually see with regards to how sex is used after breakups?
1: Uh, yeah. That is so interesting because you know, I am one of those therapists where I'm like, let's talk about where you are with sex. Where you are with sex. If you're not in the space where you're ready to explore relationships, um meeting that person where they are, and I've noticed that in my practice People after breakups, they are scared of sex. They are like, "I need some time. I need to heal." And I'm like, "Great, great." Or they'll do the opposite, right? They'll go out mm-hmm. and have all the sex, and, right. you know. I'm <laughs> we're going out and I'm having sex, and you know, I'm like,
0: "Wait, yeah. wait, wait, let's focus. <laughs> let's I heal." I might be one of those people. I, I take a break, and then it's uh <laughs> <laughs> you gotta take it's a, a, a moment. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Right. But, you know, and some people will say, well, I'm not at the age where I can take a break, right? Or Mm -hmm. they'll get out there and they'll see, ooh, maybe I am at the age where I need to slow down and it's not that, you know, and just take my time. But I think it's about finding that for that person. So when we're in sessions and we're talking about sex after breakups and starting new relationships after breaking up, it's like, we're going to first process the breakup. Let's first like dive into your feelings around that and like so many times we just skip over the emotional part of breakups and like especially if it's a long-term breakup Mm -hmm. or a relationship that's been you know it's significant it's special I don't know I just feel like first meeting that where it is and you know putting that into concept for that that particular individual could be so healing and It's such a process and a journey. So I I allow that client to take that journey and take that process for them and finding out what that journey looks like for them. And if it's healthy, let's go there. But, you know, sometimes when they're so hypersexual afterwards, it's like, okay, we work with the hypersexuality. What is that about? You know, is it... abandonment and feeling like you're alone so you want to be close to someone again because you've been sleeping with your partner for 14 years or whatever the case so just kind of really tapping into what's making you feel that way what is that if it's not serving you but if it's helpful to them right if it's something that okay say for instance it's I'm I'm, I'm I'm not having sex after my breakup and it's allowed me to open up a business and mm-hmm. i'm thinking about stopping drinking or i'm getting more spiritual or whatever those things are right and then we tap into that and we want to expound upon that so kind of really weaning that out for that client and yeah it's been that's where the person-centered theory comes in mm-hmm. right right yeah
0: so what about the persons who say that I'm never going to have sex again, or I have difficulty even touching myself, you know, what do you do with that?
1: Yeah, that's what depends on the person. So based on my clinical experience and working with, or in the process, like you are, you know this, right? Sometimes mm-hmm. it can be more than one thing. Sometimes there's a multitude of things going on. It could be even your, medications you're taking or not yeah. <laughs> or you know how's your diet are you exercising i am a big advocate of kegels right so are we talking mm-hmm. who is this is this a trans person is this a male is this a woman mm-hmm. is this a female or who are we talking to yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so looking at all different aspects of that client and saying or that person and saying where are you what's going on in your life um because it could be so many different things factoring your lack of desire Um, and then if it's nothing really medically or biologically going on you want to look at what's socially going on in your life is it emotional is it the lack of emotional connection what do you need right so exploring those needs with that client Um, and I just love sex therapy because it can take you to a deeper level of yourself it's not just that sex it's not just man or woman or penile versus vaginal or you know (laughs) kind of lingus Mm -hmm. or well it's just it could be so it could just be holding one another intimate being intimate so what does that person need and can I make that that partner understand that can we work with that person or that couple to understand how that disconnect is happening or why it's happening
0: thank you Uh, (laughs) (laughs) another thought that's coming up is um you know, because I think that does, it does play a role if that person is the initiator. You know, like if, if you were the one who did the breakup, there was guilt sometimes. I mean, oh, yeah. did I really mean to do that? Did I pull it, you know? Right, <laughs> is that a good decision? Mean, oh, yes, you know, and, and sometimes we get yeah. to that place and, and then mm-hmm. people get back together or what, you know, or the opposite. But mm-hmm. I, I wonder how that too could play into just maybe despising self um, you know because of the decision although sometimes it is a good decision you know but it takes us a while to really see that
1: yeah yeah and the biggest thing we have is fear usually it's usually surrounding fear Mm -hmm. and just being afraid to you know make those changes for themselves and be in that space and Oh, my goodness! yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's just I th- fear is a big one,
0: yeah, I think investigating it, what is it that I'm fearing mm-hmm. you know at this time? You mm. know,
1: mm-hmm.
0: investigating that and even all the things that come up because sometimes jealousy comes up if we see the other person moving on, and, <sighs> you know, and just investigating all of that, you know what yeah. am I saying? What does this mean? To me, Oh, what am I saying about myself when I, I think about these things?
1: Uh. Yes, they're so scared. They're like, you know, uh, and then, you know, it, it's interesting exploring that with clients when they are the initiators. Um, yeah, yeah, because they're like, am I making it's constantly goes back to am I making the right decision, even though they might know, right there? They might know it's good for their well-being or their mental health, or it's a domestic violence situation. And she's just so scared to leave him because she's been together so long. And she's like, wait, I don't know what I'm going to do if I don't have him or whatever the case. It's just, you know, working with that because like you said, there could be so many different emotions, guilt and, oh, am I making the right decision? And it's fun to see them, though, come to that conclusion for themselves.
0: So, Mm -hmm. Yeah, they sure do. And I advocate for having a support system, people that you trust, people that are not they're not forcing you to make a decision. Because you know, we have some of those friends that would say, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, go live him. <laughs> but questions <laughs> that allow you to come to that conclusion um and just be by your side while you're, you know, you're in that space.
1: Mm. So important. So important yeah I try to tell people I'm like, you have to have um not just clients but just people in general. if I you know meet someone and mm-hmm. supports make a huge difference. it
0: does. and i oh I advocate for having healthy friendships mm-hmm. sometimes not relationships. We get so drawn to. Oh you the partner ah, and ah, there is no balance. And that goes back to expecting all of those things from one person. When you oh. should be having some decent guy friends, some girlfriends, you should be able to hang out with your guy friends and your girlfriends and do all of the things. But when, <gasps> When all of that is what That is what happens. <laughs>
1: when we get married, and that's what's been interesting too, working with single people, Janice, versus mm-hmm. people that have been in relationships for an extended amount of time versus uh, a, um, even a relationship like you know a marriage, right? That's a whole different union, whole different mindset, and people don't understand that. Um, so yeah, let's, it's been so interesting. I'm with you there.
0: Oh, yeah. And I'm constantly, you know, just reminding my clients, you have to have that balance. Yes, you know, your marriage is everything. But you need, you need, you still need your friends. You need some friends that you can, you know, you need friends and you need passions. Oh, You need need to have dreams and (laughs) passions and goals. Like, this is not an end-all, be-all. Like, you still have so much life within you and you want to balance that really nicely.
1: You are amazing yeah. to say that. <laughs> it's like, you want to balance that, yes, yeah. because they, w- yeah, we get scared. Um, oh yeah,
0: mm-hmm. and even in my relationship, I'm the one constantly saying, like, "Hey, go hang out with your brothers, go, have fun. You know, call your guy <laughs> friends, go have fun. Like, you're married, you're like, oh, oh please, I don't want to, yeah." Talk. Find a lobby, do something that you, you know, and and that is healthy. And I think sometimes we we feel like we're, um, you know, and it comes back to that pleasing and sacrificial uh, uh, traits that we're taught.
1: As women especially, right? (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm as women especially, Um, and now going through a separation, I'm just learning like that because I was, I grew up in that. My mother, you know, she was that mother, like, oh my gosh, you cook for him and you treat him like he's royalty and you give him the world and the diamonds at his feet. And the man usually will meet her halfway, her husband, they've been together 30 plus years, you know, and she remarried. So I know what it's like to come from a blended family And know that even though you, it might be scary to break up or you don't know how to break up or if you should break up or if this is the right direction you want to go in. It's just, it does work and it can work. Mm -hmm. (laughs)
0: Lovely. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. The last thing I wanted to uh, ask is, do you have like a breakup script? I know we kind of touched on one early on, but do you have like, if someone was listening right now and they're in that stage where they just don't know how to initiate it, they don't have the words, um, how would you even guide them to begin that conversation or maybe how to even say those words? Mm. Maybe saying the words without (laughs) saying the exact words, like, (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, how do you break up with someone without saying the exact words? <laughs> how does that even work? Right. Yeah, I think that's a part of it is just mm-hmm. helping that client step out of that fear of not being able to communicate that. Mm-hmm. Um and I I think that's what a part of what I've even experienced, right? Is having that spouse who Maybe you're just not feeling this relationship, right? And that's okay. That is okay. Um, but I think the script comes from that person. But not all of us knows how. So I don't think yeah. I would help guide that client. But I, you know, I don't have any one go-to script. My my script is communication. Yeah. Right? That mm-hmm. is it. It's like we got to sit down a little bit, and even if it hurts. We got to talk about it. We got to talk about the hurts and we got to talk about how we're going to, you know, support each other through the hurts, even if we need to. Mm -hmm. But let's talk about the reasons, right? The script is whatever those things are for you. Let's sit down. Let's come together and let's discuss it together.
0: Do you have a breakup script? <laughs> I do not. I was just wondering, you know, yeah. for persons who really struggle with words and and yeah, mm. communication is a script, but I know like even in therapy, a lot of it is giving people the vocabulary, giving people the words to, to label what they are feeling or what they truly want to say. Cause you know, even in our community. There are lots of things oh. that we present that's not, it's not saying much. It's yeah. just a behavior or an action, um, yeah. but having a vocabulary. And I think I'm I'm going to work, I'm going to work on one. And I mean, it's, 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 like you said, it's client specific, you know? Um. So depending on that particular situation, what they're going through, how this thing, you know, is going, mm-hmm. Um. you know, I think they, they bring those words and, and we can really help them, you know? Yeah, just put it all together.
1: Because the most interesting one of the theories that I pull to in this situation, when you're specifically talking about something that somebody's articulation issue, right? They're having problems being able to speak to words and say, "I'm pain, I'm in pain, and I love you, and I think we're together." Um, to be you know, a healthy co-parent and whatever those scripts are in their head, I try to sit down with them. And if they're having trouble articulating that, I would actually, you know, put something together for them together. So that person and I would sit down and say, okay, what are good times of the day when you feel vulnerable and expressive and calm and peaceful? Do you need to light a candle? Do you need to turn on the jazz and like have a, you know, a a red Cabernet and just relax? What gives you like a positive vibe first, right? How's your energy and what gives you good energy, right? Because I think when you have breakups, first you have to really come to terms with that, right? So it's sitting down with that. And then I would say, what is that script in your head? And we would replay that script and do some Gestalt therapy, for instance. Yes, I love then, you know yeah, some like an empty empty chair and sit mm-hmm. down and say, okay, say for instance, I'm your husband. I have this yeah. you know woman client. You know, and she's, we're all struggling with different things in our relationship. And she's like, I don't know if I want to divorce. I don't know if I want to leave my husband. And she's 65, right? And she looks amazing and struggled, you know, with learning who she was and all of these different experiences that she had as a woman and changing. And her son is about to go to college. And she's like, he's the last one, you know, like, where do I go from here? But when you realize you're not happy. And so we made a script. Her script was, let's first think about how you feel. Right, you say I'm sad. I I feel like this marriage is hard. I feel like we don't we don't having sex anymore. I feel like I'm lonely. Right, and I would say, okay, talk to me about that feeling. Let's let's tell me that feeling. Tell me that. Right, and they would say, I feel like I'm lonely. I feel like I need to be closer to you, somebody else, or, but you know, I just think it's not working, or whatever those words are. And we script that out for them and say, okay, when you sit down, when your vibe is good and you've lit your candle and had your Cabernet, you say, right, I'm feeling sad. And you put that emotion into your vocal. You emote that through verbalizing that. So sometimes in our culture, especially in America, like everything's okay. Say you're fine. And it's always yes. And open the door and say, no, thank you. And pick that up for someone. And, and, you know, we forget about our own needs and our own personal scripts. (laughs) And when you can speak to your needs and you have them in your head, sometimes it's a matter of practicing how to verbalize them it's not that you don't have the words it's just you haven't practiced the ability to be able to and I grew up and I'm from California um so I grew up by the water and the beach and we we're free people and you know you can have ganja on the on the beach and just relax and just talk and it's just kind of a Caribbean kind of vibe where yeah. I grew up. I'm from Northern California nice. San Francisco. Mm-hmm. and you know I grew up in a small town and we all knew each other and 120,000 people and so people talked, people communicated um, and when we can't communicate our needs in basic scripts of just our life and how to break up and how we we love you but I, it's just not working, that's sad and I want to be the advocate to help people put words to their personal scripts
0: yeah I love, <sighs> yeah. I love that yeah, so I wonder, because I know you're in your uh, sex therapy certification program. um, what else do you do to you know best you know meet your clients' needs at this time?
1: Oh my gosh. Well, you know, I've been shifting gears a little bit. I've been trying to do some <sighs> different planning. I'm thinking about some workshops, and this year, I've i'm trying to do some different things i want to do some videos with people just have normalized mental health first of all right (laughs) because there's so many stigmas so people are afraid of their own voice they're afraid of their partner's voice i'm afraid of all the things because if i say them i'm going to show you myself and that's going to be vulnerable Mm -hmm. and that's
0: that's like where we stripping want to strip naked. that away. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> it's stripping naked. And I normalize that as a sex therapist for people to realize you can be stripped naked and raw and people will understand that and gravitate toward that and accept that and embrace that. You know why? Because I'm human and we're human, right? And that's when you see that change. Um, and so I've been trying to incorporate some of those. Channels. And now, like when you reached out, I was like, oh, that's awesome. You know, just you having this podcast for people to know about relationships, for people to learn about sexual health and sexual energy and being free to be yourself. I think I commend you for just, you know, showing up in this platform because. Ah, yeah so I'm trying new things and we just have to work together to help people I think it's awesome what you're doing though
0: thank you so much and I do realize that even if we normalize therapy it is still a privilege right Uh, right. there's still lots of people who who just can't (laughs) you know either they're in a country where that is not normalized at all like oh, you know religion, a lot, right. right a lot of our Caribbean islands people still do confession so uh-huh. they, they go to the priests to, to yes. have those conversations I mean although nothing has been said much right. in a therapeutic sense but um that is the outlet right um and I, I, like I said, I, I do realize it's a privilege, and and I think just by having these conversations, um, it, it will start connecting things for a person who this resonates with. Oh, you know, and that's that's my hope. That's awesome. That's why
1: I offer a sliding scale at my practice. Even to this day, um, I am not one of those clinicians who are just. Oh, clearly I'm in mental health and we don't, we're not rich. (laughs) You know, it's (laughs) not a field where you can make, you can, but you don't come out of college. You don't come out of graduate school making a million dollars. You know, it's not about the money, you know, it's about and a sliding scale is like working with people. You know, I want to help people who may not be able to afford a hundred yeah. and thirty dollars session. Yeah, it just depends on what kind of clinician you are and where you want to be in your practice and who you want to serve. Because I know clinicians who only accept, you know, two hundred dollars an hour. And, you know, <laughs> oh, up. yeah,
0: and up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm seeing that because I'm in the at the point where you know I want to go into my own practice, um, doing all the research search and yeah. um but yeah I, I definitely sliding scale will definitely be part of part of my my system mm, I love it yeah so what resources or books do you you pull from a lot oh, <clears throat> for your work
1: I do I do lately um I've been pulling from sexual intelligence that's one mm-hmm. of my go-to's
0: I, I haven't remember. read that one
1: Yeah, it's by Marty Klein. Okay. Um, it's a pretty good one. It's just, you know, that sexual identity piece. Who am I? How do I identify? What do I want? Um, so just really learning about sexual intelligence, and a lot of us are just so ignorant to intimacy, to closeness, to communication. Mm-hmm. It's so vulnerable. It's so raw, so, oh, and you can vis- You know, viscerally feel disconnection. Sometimes yeah. it makes people uncomfortable, and um, so sexual intelligence is one of those books. If you're a sex therapist, or if you're in the sex field, or you teach. It, you know, anything about sexual energy, that's a good one. Um, and then r- recently, I've been oh, so interested in just as a yoga trainer now, or in the process of getting yoga certified. Um, I've been learning about religion and like how much that affects, you know, our health and, you know, <laughs> mental health. So I'm reading Mahatma Gandhi and his life and his ideas right now. And it's pretty. Uh, profound.
0: Beautiful. Yeah. Right? Love it. I'm currently reading um, Sex at Dawn and oh. I am getting my oh. mind blown. What? What is it um, called? I haven't heard that one. <laughs> S- Sex at Dawn.
1: Oh, I love it. Yes.
0: That is that is a good one to helping people understand just the whole concept of marriage, where, where that came from and, and how we are designed. Um, I love it. I am on maybe chapter twelve or thirteen, mm. close to that, and um, I'm really enjoying it. I do read a lot on um, non-monogamy, oh, um, so polysecure, ethical sluts. Um, oh, that's a good rotten. one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love it. It's important for us to, you know, keep sharpening our skills because we just never know what's going to walk into the office.
1: (laughs) You know. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. And that's the beauty of our field, right? It's the beauty of what we do and Mm -hmm. how it makes it so, you know, impactful. And once you give them the tools and they help somebody else with the tools and then they get someone else, it's just... (sighs) Hopefully, that's the goal, right? <laughs> yeah,
0: for sure. Yeah. yeah. But I love it. So was there anything we didn't touch on that you'd like to share in our last few minutes? <laughs> um,
1: I think I am so, so happy that more sexual podcasts are coming out. Uh, I think sex health and sex education and sexual energy and intimacy and knowledge and relationships and um your podcast for instance is just we need that and it's refreshing and I'm so glad to have this experience so I appreciate you yes. having
0: for sure, I mean, I I follow your page and your lives and you know just all of your little sessions. I think that is a good outlet as well. I'm just not very much for the video. Oh, so. I know. So, nice. so my voice, I like to use that instead because I can I cannot trust my face.
1: Oh um, no, you are just you got this. You got this. And it's gonna be interesting. I would love to collaborate again because yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think it's awesome what you're doing. Um, And I can't wait to hopefully meet you one day. That would be amazing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I do have a pending trip to Atlanta. I do have um, one of my aunts there. So if you're there, if you're still there, we can always link up. (laughs)
1: <laughs> that would be incredible. I would love that. I would love to share more, mm-hmm. um, collaborate. You're making a difference. Keep doing it, girl. Yes,
0: you too. <laughs> Thank you. So, how yeah. can our listeners connect with you online? Um, what are the platforms do you do you have?
1: Yes, I am switching my platform now. I'm at Raylan Bass. My website is raylanbass.com, um, and. Yeah, meet me there. I'm at Twitter. You can just basically Google um, RaylanBass.com and just find me and we can go from there.
0: Awesome. I know you talked about workshops earlier on. Are you still in the planning phase? Any Anything coming out soon?
1: Yes. Well, I'm actually working on a podcast now. <laughs> yes. How so exciting. It was <laughs> yes. I was like, oh my gosh, she's reconfirming Black Girl Mallet Magic. <laughs> um, it's just been so, I think, because of me going into this sexual uh, awareness phase. Mm-hmm. Instagram had to verify my account. And did you see the mo- the recent oh, comedian? Yeah. They're starting this thing where they're verifying everyone's accounts and they're closing accounts for a while. So I'm like, no, don't do that. But I think it's because of the, the traffic that I'm getting really related to sex therapy and it's okay you know I expect a little bit of that verification because yeah. of that but it's just so interesting the work we do and how vulnerable that space is yeah.
0: Yeah, for sure and that's one of the reasons I decided to co create something I know I didn't want to blog uh I I don't find writing fun <laughs> <Me either>. uh, <laughs> so I was like you know what this is a great outlet it's um you know <laughs> money friendly um you are <laughs> just incredible. a great space to to meet you know our audience you know i love the fact that people can listen to podcasts anywhere you know oh, uh, you don't need to sit with a video or anything like that right right you're doing it, love it. <laughs> well you're doing it so keep me posted <laughs> on on your launch and if you need help with any of the planning stuff um just let me know i've just been uh, through that journey
1: Oh, you know my journey then, right? Yeah. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for that. I appreciate it. Yeah, so well, thank you me.
0: so much for spending your night with me. I know there are lots of other things you could have been doing.
1: Oh, um, no, so I, I appreciate
0: honestly.
1: your patience. Thank you. wow. <laughs>
0: You're amazing. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. And also to our listeners, thank you so much for joining us this week on Her Sexual Space. For more information on this week's podcast or topic, you can check out our Instagram at Her Sexual Space podcast or our website, www.hersexualspace.com where I will showcase our lovely guest, Raleen. And if you have any questions for her, you can add her in the comments and um, we'll will be happy to engage don't forget to subscribe to catch every new episode and don't forget to leave us a review so we can continue to bring you fresh content thank you so much and see you guys next week